0: We were visiting a NICU, and a nurse came in with a brand-new baby, and this baby was blue and struggling to breathe. The nurse you know, tried her best to help this baby, to resuscitate the baby, and to help, help him breathe. Um, but the whole time we were watching in our bag, we had this prototype of the machine that the baby needed, but it wasn't ready to be used on babies yet. And so that was just a moment that was just put it all into perspective, and I think back to that moment a lot as the motivation to why we keep working so hard, because every day, multiple times a day, there's babies like that who don't have access to the machines that they desperately need.
1: Welcome to Un-Uninformed. I'm Sean Seavey. Each week, on Uninformed helps you in being connected to the world around you so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. This week, we're talking to the COO of a social venture called Neonatal Rescue. And as the name implies, they're out to save newborn babies in developing countries. So, this company's invented a device that could save thousands of lives across the globe. We'll be talking about the issues with child mortality rates and how Neonatal Rescue has created a sustainable solution. So uh, Margaret Melville, welcome to Un- uninformed
0: Thanks for having me today.
1: So before we talk about solutions, let's talk about the problem. What's the issue with child mortality rates across the globe?
0: Right, so across the world, more than 3 million newborns die in the first 28 days of life. And approximately 33% of these deaths are attributed to respiratory-related conditions, like birth asphyxia and pneumonia. Um, this. There's technology in the United States that can help save these lives in in many developed countries. However, in a lot of the world, those technologies are too expensive that they're not used, and that's why the mortality rates are so high.
1: So these are babies, like, just in the first, like, minutes or weeks of being alive have these issues?
0: Yeah, so one in ten babies is born prematurely, and the lungs are the last thing to develop. So it's very common that infants will be born that struggle to breathe because their lungs aren't fully developed.
1: Wow. So, so like in first world countries in, that have all these devices, they're they're able to uh, take care of these people right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. In in the United States, if your baby was born prematurely, they might resuscitate or put the baby on a CPAP if it was struggling to breathe. Um, whereas this technology isn't available in many hospitals in developing worlds.
1: Wow. And, and 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 I understand you guys are focusing on Uganda. What what are things like in there? Is is, is it they have the this is a big issue, huh?
0: This is a huge issue in Uganda. Um, But the reason we picked them is not, it's better than a lot of other countries. They're at the state where they have women giving birth in hospitals. Okay. And that's kind of the first step. We have to get the women to the hospitals first so that the babies can be treated. Um, So now the main problem Uganda's facing is just the lack of technology that's affordable. And so that's what we're tackling right now.
1: Yeah, let's jump into it. So the solution is what?
0: So it's it's nothing crazy new. It's the same technology that exists in the United States, but at a much more affordable cost. So it's a minimal minimalist design, so that it can be manufactured for a fraction of the cost. Additionally, it's designed to be super easy to use, easy to repair, and includes a battery, so to account for the frequent power outages in many developing countries.
1: Okay, so and it's a um, it's a device. What is it called? It's, it's a, called a CPAP. Oh, okay. So it has a CPAP, which mm-hmm. is just the. The, the thing that goes right over the face. Yep. Um,
0: so ours has a CPAP in a ventilator mode, so it can be used with intubation or with just a mask okay. that you put on the baby's face, and it'll pump oxygen into the baby's lungs to help it breathe.
1: Okay. And, that, and this is just something you always see in a normal hospital, mm-hmm. but the difference is you made it cheap.
0: Yes, that's the difference.
1: Okay. So what did they just, it's been gutted of bells and whistles or that's what I understand. Is that right?
0: Yep. So there's no fancy screens. There's no touch screens. It's, it's really simple. And the bare minimums needed to save a baby.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've seen this. It's just uh, some meters and some knobs, like pretty basic. Yeah. Really stripped down. So, so give me an idea of how much people are saving. What? How much would you expect to pay for the the, the normal CPAP compared to this?
0: Yeah, so CPAPs um, and ventilators, they range from a couple thousand dollars to about forty thousand dollars. Ours can be manufactured for about five hundred dollars. We plan oh. to sell it for about a thousand five hundred to two thousand dollars.
1: Okay, so And that would
0: include training and maintenance for two years after.
1: From thousands to hundreds, like mm-hmm. we, we basically took zero off of things.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing is it's more than just cost because when we visited hospitals in Uganda, we actually saw several ventilators and CPAPs that had oh. been donated okay. and all of the ones that we saw were sitting in a corner unused. Really? Um, so it's not just getting the technology there, it's about offering a comprehensive solution that provides training so that they know how to use it and provide maintenance so that when it breaks it's easily fixable and they can continue to use it. Um, I think a lot of the problem, too, is the machines that we use in the United States just don't work in Uganda because it's the wrong power outlets or because there's power outages all the time. And because this is a life-saving technology, it's super important that it just doesn't stop working when the power goes out.
1: And it takes a lot to make these sustainable. Like you said, you could just give them the device and walk away. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Like, What does it take for something like this to be sustainable?
0: That's a really good question, and that's something we still need to explore a lot, but We, we know it doesn't work. So we know just donating the machines won't work. Um, we feel like if the hospitals have to pay at least part of the cost of the machine, they'll feel more invested into keeping it clean, keeping it maintained and using it. Um, whereas when it's donated, they feel less of that attachment.
1: Ownership is mm-hmm. huge, yeah. Ownership
0: is super important. Um, I think the more I spend time working on this problem, the more I realize how complicated it is. Right. And I think the best solutions are community driven. So this business, was never going to go anywhere until we hired our local in-country director she's full-time on the ground she knows her culture she knows the problems in her country and she can address them far better than us so we are letting her do her thing and providing the resources and the support that she needs to make this project a success
1: and that's big because uh we we always dump money into governments oh us is great at that we've given tons of money to to uh, developing countries and sometimes nothing to show for it. But having that sustainable model, where we have local buy-in, we have partners that are working out on the other end. I think that's that, that's crucial. So how, how deep are we into things? How has it hit the market yet? Are, have you? Are you, are we just starting? How far along is this company? And how many products are out there yet? What are things looking like?
0: So We're pre-revenue right now. Our product hasn't hit the market re- yet. We have finished with the product development. However, we're waiting um, to get FDA certification before we start oh. selling the product. Um, even though regulations is a little bit less strict, working internationally, we want to make sure that our product is safe to be used on babies and that we're, we're doing good in the world. So that's, that's what we've chosen to pursue. So that will take a little bit more time um, before we're able to launch our product. But in the meantime, we're setting up the infrastructure and we are getting prepared for this product to be launched.
1: Now, how did you end up here? You're, you're the COO of this social venture. What, what, what led you here?
0: So when I was an undergraduate at BYU, I had interest in entrepreneurship and had um, traveled to different parts of Africa and wanted to do good in the world and find just a way to help people in the world. and. Um, I heard about this problem and this potential solution thro- from BYU's Ballard Center okay. and ended up getting together with some friends to start this business. We traveled to Uganda last summer to explore um, and see if that was a good place to start it, look around at the hospital, see if our machine could fit into that landscape. And we, we felt like this is a great place to start this business. So we came back and we've been working ever since.
1: Wow. So. It started as a student, now you're you're running with it. Now you come from the business background, right? Yes. You were, what was your degree?
0: Business strategy. Okay,
1: so the, let's talk about the business strategy. Why is it strategic to approach this from the business perspective?
0: Yeah, so at our core, our mission is to make impact, to right. save as many babies as possible, and we feel like the best way to make that impact is by having a sustainable business model. Um we when we get donations, those donations don't last forever, and right. we could buy a couple machines and place them in hospitals, but then we'd have no funds to continue forward. Yeah. So by having a constant revenue stream, we're able to make more of an inca- impact. We're able to grow and expand into other countries and hospitals and save more babies.
1: So, so do you have any thoughts about uh, people going out and doing social ventures in developing communities? What? Would you recommend it? Like, what what do people have to gain out of that?
0: I think sometimes we think about all the problems in the world today, and it can be so overwhelming that it makes us not want to do anything because it seems like we're just throwing little pebbles into this huge problem that it doesn't make a difference. But, right. but really, if you're passionate and you set your mind to it, that you can get things done and make change and it's a slow and it's a hard process but we need people to do that in order to see good in our world and to make changes for the better
1: now you're going um to uganda tomorrow
0: yes we leave tomorrow
1: cool and so what what's your what's the plan
0: yeah so this time in uganda we recently hired an in-country director who will be managing all of the sales and operations as we begin to launch our product in uganda so we will be meeting with her training her and providing her with equipment that she needs, and also meeting with several potential partners who can help make our project a success. So we're meeting with people from the Ministry of Health, lots of doctors to partner with, and also um, potential funders like members of UNICEF in Uganda.
1: So so you're going to Uganda, but uh, this isn't the first time you've gone. So how how did things go the first time around?
0: So I was able to go last summer for about a month, and we visited a lot of hospitals with a prototype of our of our CPAP, so we could show them and get feedback about the designs. Um, while we were there, we were visiting a NICU, and a nurse came in with a brand new baby, and this baby was blue and struggling to breathe. And wow. The nurse you know, tried her best to help this baby, to resuscitate the baby, and to help help him breathe, um, but the whole time we were watching and. In our bag, we had this prototype of the machine that the baby needed, but it wasn't ready to be used on babies yet because we didn't have the final design and we weren't done with FDA testing yet. And it
1: wasn't functioning yet.
0: Mm -mm. And so that was just a moment that was just put it all into perspective and i think back to that moment a lot as the motivation to why we keep working so hard because every day multiple times a day there's babies like that who don't have access to the machines that they desperately need and so we're working our hardest to to finish the design and to get through the testing so that we can we can actually be using our machine on babies
1: and the faster you guys get this done the more lives will be saved exactly well thank you uh, margaret and uh You've really given me and the listeners a a breath of fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to donate, or at least be in the loop on some of the stuff that Neonatal Rescue is doing, go to their website. It's neonatalrescue.org. Or follow them on Facebook or Instagram, and I put uh, those links in the show notes. Now, you don't even have to donate money. You can donate a baby hat. And they'll be delivering those as well as the CPAPs to the hospitals in Uganda and Cambodia. Our theme music is provided by D.D. Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and this is on uninformed Thanks, everybody.